0: Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, on this Trinity Sunday. Uh, Please turn in your Bibles back to John chapter 14. We'll be looking at that passage this morning. And uh, let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for revealing yourself to us through your Son. We pray now that by your Holy Spirit, you would help us to know you better through your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, whenever I share the gospel with a non-Christian, there's one question that they inevitably ask. Is Jesus God? The question comes because we say that Jesus was the perfect man who died on the cross for our sins. And did we also say that Jesus is the son of God and we must follow him as our Lord. And so the question inevitably comes, is Jesus God or man? Should I follow Jesus, or should I follow God, or are there three gods, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? These are all questions about the Trinity. I wonder if you were asked them, if you would know how to answer them. Well, today is Trinity Sunday. It's that time of the year when we stop and consider what it means that God is Trinity, three persons, but one God. And we'll do that from that passage from John chapter 14. Well, the first point this morning is that Jesus, the Son, is the only way to the Father. The Son is the only way to the Father. Now, point eight, Jesus is divine. In John chapter 14, verse 1, we read this. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Now, if Jesus was not God, such a command would be blasphemous. God doesn't share his glory with others, but Jesus says, Believe in me. We see hints again of his divinity in verse 2. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Notice here Jesus calls God his Father. and that also is a claim to divinity. Now we read in chapter 6 verse 18, that this is why the Jews were seeking to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Indeed, heaven is God's house. He rules heaven. But here Jesus claims that he can reserve a place for us in heaven. It's a divine claim. Now, Jesus' divinity is emphasised throughout John's Gospel. The Gospel begins in chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the gospel will end with Thomas declaring to the risen Jesus, My Lord and my God. And throughout the gospel, Jesus will use God's divine name, I am. Now he will say in chapter 8, verse 58, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Now he will say, I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. They are all divine claims. Jesus is the eternal son, God in human flesh. And therefore, Jesus is the only way to the father. In verse five, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. And notice Jesus doesn't say here that he was one way to the Father, you know, one of many possible alternatives. You know, he says, I am the way to God. I am the only way to have a relationship with the Father. And Jesus is saying here, if we want to go to heaven, if we want to know God, if we want to receive eternal life, there's only one way, through him. Not not through another religion, not through our own good works, only through Jesus. And why is that? It's because only Jesus is fully God and fully man. So only Jesus is is fully qualified to, to offer that perfect sacrifice for sins on the cross. The implications are massive. Without faith in Christ, including a belief in his full divinity, people will be eternally lost. And so we must share the gospel with everyone that we can. Often at funerals, people speak in quite fuzzy terms. He's in a better place. The suffering is over. They say this, even if they were non-Christians, they say they were so sincere. They were so religious. They did so many good things. And that may be true. But Jesus is saying here that only he is the divine son of God. And so only he can bring us to the father. No one comes to the father except through him. We must believe not only in God, we must believe in him. The Son is the only way to the Father. Well, point two this morning, we see that the Son is the only way to know the Father. Now, if you've ever seen my children before, you'll know that they are the splitting image of me. And much to my wife's frustration, complete stranger can look at them and know that I am their Father. Now, in verse seven, Jesus explains it's just like that with God. Knowing Jesus means knowing the Father. Seeing Jesus means seeing the Father, that the Son perfectly reveals the Father. Look at verse 8. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it's enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? You see, if we want to know God, We must look at Jesus. For Jesus' words are the Father's works. Jesus' works are the Father's works. Jesus' character was the Father's character. Jesus' glory was the Father's glory. As you see Jesus, you see God. Many people believe in a God. But the true God who rules this universe has chosen to reveal himself in his Son, Jesus Christ. John 1.18, no one has ever seen God. The only God who's at the Father's side, he has made him known. And so if we want to know God, we must look at Jesus. Jesus alone is God in human flesh. Jesus alone has come from heaven to make God known. Now so much of religion is people thinking about people thinking about what, what God is like. Uh, People construct their gods in the image of man. But Christians believe God came down. God, God entered our world. We do not need to search for him. He has made himself known. How can I know God exists if I can't see him? Look at Jesus. Can I know God apart from Jesus? No, I cannot. But God is not who I hope he will be or who I want him to be, or who I'm told he is. God is who he has revealed himself to be through his son, Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus goes on in verse 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe, on account of the works themselves. Now, when a woman becomes pregnant, she is indwelt with a baby. The baby is in the mother. Now, and so the baby goes where the mother goes. The baby eats what the mother eats, and so on. But here we see something even more amazing with God. God. Here we see mutual indwelling. See, the Father and the Son are not only united in word and action, they're they're united in their being. So that as the Son speaks, the Father is doing his work. As Jesus performs his signs, you see the Father's glory. And as Jesus carries out his Father's will, we see the Father's work. This is why Christians believe In one God, but three persons. Father, Son, and Spirit. Three persons, but only one God. Because the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are so intimately related that they they mutually indwell one another, sharing the divine essence. Three persons. One God. And so the Son glorifies the Father. We don't have time to dwell uh, too much on the greater works in verse 12. Uh, These greater works are about bringing people from spiritual death to spiritual life through the gospel. And you can look at John chapter 5, verse 20 and 21 to confirm that. What I want us to see is the other person-centered nature of the Trinity. The Son glorifies the Father. And the Father is glorified in the Son. And the Spirit is glorified as he brings people to the Father through the Son. What Jesus says in verse 13, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. It's another remarkable verse. As we pray to the Father, Jesus says he answers our prayers. And he does that to the glory of his Father. The Father is glorified in the Son. Now later Jesus will pray in chapter 17, verse 1, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. And here again we see how other person-centered The Trinity is that the Father loves the Son and seeks to glorify and exalt him. And the Son loves the Father and seeks to glorify him and and obey his will. So that as Jesus is glorified as our Saviour and King, the Father who sent him is glorified as well. And so also the way that we glorify the Father is by serving the Son. And as we glorify Jesus, so we glorify the Father who sent him. Now that is why John can say God is love in 1 John chapter 4. Because for all eternity, the Father, the Son and the Spirit, they have existed in this perfect loving relationship. God is love. And so if we truly know the Trinitarian God, we too will will love like God does. We will be other person centred. So John writes in 1 John 4 verse 10, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. See, if we know God, we will not live for self and we will not live for stuff. We will live to serve, because that is what the triune God is like. Father, Son, and Spirit, they love and serve one another. So if you know God, does it show? How are you being other person-centred as a spouse, as a parent, as a worker, as a neighbour, as a congregation member? be worth reflecting on that this week. Well, so far we've mainly focused on the Son. He's divine. He reveals the Father. He glorifies the Father. He's the only way to the Father. But in verses 15 to 26, we focus our attention on the Holy Spirit. And we must understand that not only is the Son divine, but the Holy Spirit is also divine now, sometimes people talk about the spirit as an it, uh, as some impersonal power, you know, a little bit like a Star Wars, may the force be with you. Right? But the spirit is not a force. Right? He is a person. He is the third person of the Trinity. And that's why in these verses he's called he and not it. Look at verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. We're told in verse 17 we will know the Spirit, but you cannot know an it. You, you, you cannot have a personal relationship with a, with a spoon or a clock or a car. But you can know the Spirit because the Spirit is a person. And throughout the Scripture, he's described in personal terms. In verse 20, 26, the Spirit will teach the disciples. Elsewhere, the Spirit will give gifts. The Spirit can be grieved. The Spirit can be lied to. These are all things that a person can do. And in this passage, we see what the Spirit does. In verse 16, he proceeds from the Father and the Son. Verse 16, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Notice how even though the Father and the Son and the Spirit, they're all equally divine, there's an ordering in the Trinity. The Father sends the Son. The Son glorifies the Father. And the the Father and the Son send the Holy Spirit. The Father is the creator and origin. He chooses, he plans, he wills. The Son is the fulfiller. He obeys the Father. He he does his will. And and the Spirit dwells in us, pointing us to the Father and to the Son. Father, Son, and Spirit, all equal in status, equally divine, but, but different persons with different roles. And the role of the Spirit here is to be our helper, our advocate, to dwell within us. Verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet yeah, a little while the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. We were reminded last week we do not walk alone alone. Uh, The Spirit lives within us, changing our hearts, giving us faith, transforming our lives. And here is another wonderful promise. As Christians, we're not orphaned by our Heavenly Father. We're not abandoned by His Son. The Father and the Son, they dwell in us by the Holy Spirit. Verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Now that's another remarkable thought, isn't it? In the Holy Spirit, God, in, the, in the Old Testament, God dwelt in the temple. He was so glorious that no one could approach his presence. But we're told here, if we are Christian, then God the Father and God the Son, dwell in us. They've taken up residence in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And that means that we cannot get any closer to God than, than we are. We might feel far from God when we sin or when we're suffering, but in reality we're not. If we are a Christian, God dwells in our hearts. He couldn't be any closer to us. He will never leave us or forsake us, no matter what happens. In fact, verse 20 tells us that we can experience that same union with Christ that he experiences with his Father. Look at verse 20. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Such is the intimacy we have through God with God, through the Holy Spirit we are united with Jesus, and so with the Father, we too experience that, that mutual indwelling as we saw last week, the Spirit achieves all this through God's word he is verse 17 the spirit of truth verse 26 he, rem- he brings to remembrance all that Jesus Has said, the Spirit works through the Word, pointing us to Christ, bringing us to faith in Christ, and so bringing us to know the Father through the Son. Well, I know we've covered a lot of ground there, but let's sum up what we've seen. We've seen that the God of the Bible is triune, He's one God in three persons. We've seen that God the Father is God. God the Son is God, and God the Holy Spirit is God. And yet there are not three gods. There is one God. For these three mutually indwell one another in perfect, loving relationship. And we've seen today that we can experience the same kind of close, intimate relationship with God as the Father and the Son dwell in us by the Holy Spirit. Now I think that here is where Christianity is so different, to every other religion. In every other religion, God is distant. And God is fearful. He's not someone that you have a personal relationship with. He's someone that you try to appease so he doesn't get angry with you. But in Christianity, we can call God Father. We can know that Jesus will never leave us or forsake us can know that the Holy Spirit dwells in our hearts, changing us from within, that we will truly love God. The God of the Bible is personal, and we can know him personally. We can know the Father through the Son by the Holy Spirit. The fact that God is triune, three persons in eternal relationship, it it reminds us that relationships are what life is all about. Life is not about stuff or success. It's about loving relationship. This this theology is immensely practical. If we've truly understood the triune God, we will prize relationship. We will prize relationship with him and one another. We will seek to live in other person-centered love. Well, secondly, we've seen that the three persons of the Trinity have have different roles. They're they're all equally God, but they have different roles. And as people made in God's image, we see that, that same diversity in our human relationships. We're all equally human. We're all equally valuable to God. But God has made us different. He's made us male and female with different roles to play. And we see that expressed in in marriage as the the husband is to lead in in laying down his life for his wife and the wife is to honour and submit to the husband. They're both equally married, they're both equally important, but they've given different roles. And we see it expressed in church as well. We're, We're all one body in Christ, but we're also very diverse. Different races, different languages, different ages, different gifts. We're all equally valuable, we're all equally important, but we're all given different roles to play. And so as we embrace our different roles as men and women, as we as we use our different gifts to love and serve one another, we reflect the image of the God whom we serve. Lord, well, do you know this God, this God who is Trinity, because he is the only true God. If by the Spirit we have believed in the Son, then we look forward to spending eternity in the Father's house, in heaven itself. We will know him, we will love him forever. Now, if you have not yet believed in in Christ, then understand this. There's no other way to salvation but to believe in the Trinity. Jesus is the only way to the Father. Jesus is the only way to know the Father. And it's only by the Spirit's work that we will ever come to recognize Jesus as our Lord and God as our Father. And so be saved. So believe in God, believe also in Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we praise you, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, three persons, one God. We thank you that, Heavenly Father, we can have a relationship with you, through your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that he came from heaven, he took on human flesh, and he died on the cross, offering that perfect sacrifice for our sins. We thank you that he ascended to heaven and that you have poured out your Spirit upon us, that our hearts may be changed, that we may recognise Jesus as our Lord, and you as our Father. Father, we pray that by your Spirit, You would help us to come to know you better. You would help us to love you more. Help us to serve your Son and so glorify you. And we pray that you would help us to show our love for you in how we treat other people, that we would be other person-centered, that we would recognize that we are fundamentally equal, even as we are different. And so we pray, Father, that we would bring glory to you as we serve you in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.